0: You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Centers. Pastors Scott and Tina Whitwam.
1: We've been talking about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's really, it's really interesting because you know, as time progresses and people come and people have gone and people, you know, talk to you and and everybody has a different desire for what they wished, what, the, what they wished the pastor would talk about. Oh, it'd be just so great if you do a. A lesson on this or you do a a message on this or uh, the Bible is so full what God has revealed about himself so full that there's no way we can touch as humans on on everything Um, you know though we we try to touch like a smorgasbord right we try to we try to lay out a lot of what God has revealed to us so that we can be successful in life Because we are ministers, all of us. God has given to each one of us the ministry of reconciliation. So we have to have the tools and the the empowerment to be able to accomplish that. We have to understand faith, right? Because we walk by faith, not by sight. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that He is the one that is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And so, as a pastor, you know, I, I wish I could just, in one service, teach everything. But praise the Lord, we get a little bit of an insight into God each Sunday. And, uh, you know, it's the thing I didn't, didn't realize, you know, years ago is how much on a Sunday morning I preach to myself. How much I get ministered to ministering. You know, and it's, it's kind of interesting. Glenda, actually your dad and I, I remember back at uh, KNTR Radio in, in uh, Ferndale, Washington, and at the ministry center there, and, and we, were, we were talking one time, and there was a keyboard there. And Richard says to me, he, he says, let's do this. Let's believe if God sends us a piano player, we're supposed to start a congregation. I remember him saying that to me, and and it was very interesting. No piano player came, but he was always willing, because I think he got as much out of ministering as those that he ministered to. And now, you know, these 20-some years since 2000 as, as a pastor... 22 years. I'm not that old. How old am I pastored for 22 years? Uh, these 22 years of all of the insight that God has revealed to me. Because it's interesting that as, as you're ministering, it's not just what the time that you put in, in your studying, but it's what God reveals, the revealed word, when you're speaking. And I've gone back and listened to my messages sometimes and said, I said that? And I've had some people say, Pastor, do you realize what you said? Probably the funniest one. I'll get to my message here in a second. Probably the funniest one I ever had is is when uh, someone said, Did you realize you said Jesus was a sinner? I said, What? I did not. And so I went and asked some people in the congregation, Did I say Jesus? No. We went back and listened to the tape. And sure enough, I said Jesus was a sinner. It's not what I meant, you know, but it's good people are listening, right? And uh, so sometimes, you know, uh, not only is it the revelation, but it's the, the experience that, that you get from what you learn and the feedback I get. It's pretty, it, it's interesting uh, at times. You know, it's nice. I haven't had an angry letter in lots of years. I remember one time I said, um, you know, Mary, because, um, you know, she was the the cousin of um, Elizabeth and her husband was the priest at the time, so I said, in a way, Mary, because she was of the Levitical lineage, I said that, that she was like a priestess. Boy, I got an angry letter on that one. But I had, it wasn't in my notes, I was just... Just talking, but if we are all kings and priests and you are a female, what does that make you in the English language? Right? That, uh, IST would be the proper terminology. Amen. So we did what we do with most complaint letters. We filed them in the round file and, uh, and moved on. Amen. Just so you know, if you send me one of those angry complaint letters, Uh, if they ever get to me. And we may have gotten a lot of them. It just may be that um, my administrator does a really good job of filing them. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) All right, we've been talking about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, when we talk about being empowered by the Holy Spirit, um, you know, we're talking about Utilizing the empowerment that we received is born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, believers. And today we're going to talk again about some of the gifts of the Spirit, um, and tongues and interpretation of tongues. And um, you know, I like talking about stuff that makes people uncomfortable. Amen. Isn't that a lot of fun? I always thought it'd be great to be a, a talk radio host. Why didn't you guys ever let me do that up there, Glenda? You should have made. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, to be a talk radio host. And, and they get to offend a lot of people. I don't remember that guy's name, but he was, did a show for years in the East Coast, and he was always offending. Stern, right? Stern, yeah. And um, I would probably be a lot nicer than that, just because of my personality. Romans 8.14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And it's important that we understand that that we have a different method of daily operation, right? For For some, they are led by money. For some, they are led by emotion. For some, they are led by the winds that blow each and every day. You know, they kind of stick their finger in the air and find out kind of, okay, what am I doing today? What is... But see, as believers, we are to be led by the Spirit of God. It should be part of our daily life. It should be part of the way that we operate, our modus operandi. Amen? Father, we thank you for your Spirit. We thank you that you lead us and guide us. We thank you that you also bring revelation to us. As we open your Word today, let it be life to us. Let it inspire us. Let it be revealed to us. We will do our part to stick to sound doctrine. And we thank you in advance for all that you're doing in and through us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you this question. Have you practiced personal prophecy in your prayer time in the last week? Personal prophecy? Yeah, you remember? That our prayer times are not just about us speaking with God but communicating with God, listening to what he's saying and speaking it out, communicating. You know, we have a a good friend who's spoken here, uh, you know, many times, Dr. Jeff Wagaman, and he, he has talked about in the marriage relationship, it's not only important to hear, but also to say back what you heard to your spouse. And it's amazing to me how many times what I say back to my spouse is not even close to what she's saying. Amen? (laughs) Amen? Yeah. And so then I can get clarification. Well, we can do that too with the gifts of the Spirit. When God speaks to you, we can speak it out. What do we prove everything by? By the Word. And we can take it to the Word and find out how it got messed up through this filter. You know, I have the, 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 this male marital filter that seems to mess some things up sometimes. I know it's amazing to everybody, but we're all learning, right? We're all learning. We're all developing. And so I, I do encourage you to continue to, to communicate and treat your relationship with God is one you would uh, with somebody else you want to have a deep relationship with because God is not just the big guy in the sky you know I remember the, the days when we referred to God as the you know the big guy in the sky you know he's, he's the guy up there with the bat waiting for you to mess up so you know but no God is seeking relationship he not only wanna, wants to hear from you he wants to speak to you and through you amen amen 1 Corinthians 12, 4-6 says that there are diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. And over the last few weeks, we've looked at two of the different uh, attributes here, empowerments here, the ministries and the diversities of activities. And now we're looking at the diversities uh, or this diversity of gifts this diversity of gifts. And our scriptural basis, and it's important to always have a scriptural basis for whatever you're doing. You know, that's got, that has got. should be our focus in life. Why are we doing what we do the way we do it? Our scriptural basis uh, for the gifts is found in 1 Corinthians 12.10. So let's go ahead and read, read that. 1 Corinthians 12.10. It says, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. Always remember this. Always remember this. He sent His Word to heal. He sent His Word to do that. Psalms 107, verse 20, right? He sent His Word to heal them and to deliver them from all their destruction. So here's what's really interesting. We've dedicated the last Sunday of the month as healing service. But, you know, I don't have to come out here and teach 1 Peter 2.24 and Isaiah 53 and, and Exodus 25, 23. I don't have to teach those every, every Sunday. Why? Because he sent his word. His word. Because who is his word? Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word took on flesh. When we preach the Word, its attribute is healing. The Holy Spirit activates for the deliverance of your destruction. What does that mean? Well, that means not only healing, but your finances, right? He doesn't want you bankrupt. That also means sound relationships, right? He doesn't want you broke up and messed up. So we always want to understand that 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 God sent his word to make us whole. And when we preach his word, he can do anything he wants within the confines of what he's confined himself to, right? He which means he can heal. Besides, if you're born again, you're already healed. Amen? We're just waiting for the manifestation sometimes, right? Faith is the substance of those things that are hoped for. And it's the evidence of those things that have yet to be seen. Right? So we're not trying to get healed. You are healed. What we're doing is we're standing and believing for the manifestation of it. God sent His Word and He healed you. He sent Jesus, and he bore that burden on the cross. So whatever it is that you're believing God for this day, this is a word day. This is your day. Because this is a word day. Amen? Yes, you online. It's a word day. This is your day. This is your day. So there are three vocal gifts, that, uh, or three gifts that are vocal in nature, and, and we talked for a couple weeks about prophecy. And we shared some examples of modern-day prophecy, the the prophetic. And uh, the other two of these vocal gifts or these gifts of utterance are tongues and interpretation of tongues. Or another translation would say they are different kinds of languages. They're different kinds of um, speech. And the interpretation of those different languages... And so we're going to touch bases on those for a little bit, because these gifts, this, these gifts, or as the Greek word says, these charismas, were given to the church as a, as a way of communication. That's why they're vocal in nature. And when we say vocal, you know, that can mean a lot of different things. But it is a gift that God has given to the church. And these gifts, they're different. They, they operate a little bit differently. They, they are not exactly the same. And they operate differently by when the Holy Spirit wills it. So sometimes we may get a, uh, you, know, you may get the prophetic, and sometimes you may get tongue and interpretation of tongues. They just reveal something to us differently. But the neat thing is, is they're for us, the church, the modern-day church. The problem is, like I was talking earlier, is they come through our filters. Amen, They come through our filters, and I think our filters, we could say, get cleaner, get better, get get the more mature we get, the more often we use it, then we start to understand. The more the more we study the word, our filters become much better. Will you ever arrive? Nope, but that doesn't mean we don't try. That means we don't do. That doesn't mean we, we stop. That doesn't mean that we just say well, God doesn't do that anymore because we've seen that most people are messed up and can't get it perfect. Well, if you did that, you might as well just lay down and die because you don't, you don't do about anything in life perfect. Amen? So when we talk about tongues and interpretation of tongues, one of the things that I've noticed is that they work together. You know, they are a, these gifts are together gifts. They don't work apart from each other. They work in concert with each other. It's kind of like a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. The sandwich just isn't as good without the jelly, and it's not as good without the peanut butter. Put the two together, oh, my. But you know something that's very interesting is I was never taught any of this under Catholicism. They never talked about this in the Baptist church. And they kept telling me what didn't exist anymore, you know, but passed away. But again, at some point, somebody didn't get it right, so they just said, oh, let's just rip those pages out of the Bible. We'll leave leave those different kinds of languages. I didn't say you you didn't have to have faith in order to understand or to receive. It's a whole lot easier just to not do something to have faith for it. Amen? And I think sometimes with the Bible, that's the way that that it gets approached. And When I was in... You know, the, the Catholic and in and, and, and the Baptist circles, we used to do that. I was having a conversation with a Baptist minister one time, and, and, and here's what he said He said, I guess if God made me speak in tongues, then I would probably believe it. Well, God ain't going to make you do anything you don't want to do. So you might as well forget that. I mean, that would be like saying, Well, if God makes me be saved, then I'll be saved. You know, no, it takes faith. You are saved by grace through faith. You had to have faith to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Amen? Amen. But you also must have something else. You must have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we see in Acts chapter 2 that on the day of Pentecost, when they were all together in one accord, then the Holy Spirit came upon them, As clothed in tongues of fire, they spoke in other tongues or in other languages. You know, it's real interesting. There's 120 or so in the upper room, right? And none of them understood a thing they said. But there were a whole group of people outside that understood what they said. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I also want to kind of remind remind you, because again, sometimes you get in conversations with people, and they, you know, oh yeah, we believe the New Testament, we believe the New Testament, we believe the New Testament, right? Oh, but we don't believe in tongues, we don't believe in in speaking another language. Well, do you realize the whole New Testament was written by born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking believers? Well, if you don't believe in doing it, why do you believe in what they said about it? Or about any of it? I mean, if you think they lied about that, then what makes you think they didn't lie about the rest of it? Every one of them who wrote and is recorded and codified as the Bible, as the new te- what we call the New Testament, born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking believers. So you must be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues in order to, to be able to uh, have the Holy Spirit utilize you. That's why in the Old Covenant, tongues and interpretation weren't in operation. And we showed where all of the other gifts, the, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits, the gifts of healings, the working of miracles, the gift of faith, were all, all in operation in the Old Testament along with prophecy. All seven of those. The only two that were not in operation in the Old Testament were tongues and interpretation of tongues. It's a New Testament empowerment by the Holy Spirit. It is for us. So the empowerment... Of tongues and the interpretation of tongues, this gift came from the Holy Spirit. And like prophecy, its intention is to edify, right? To exhort and to comfort. To edify, to exhort and to comfort. It is not intended to be a sign to the unbeliever. Remember, prophecy is a sign to the unbeliever, right? When God reveals a a message, somebody may have their mail read to them. Right through a prophetic message, or something may bear witness with somebody who isn't even a believer, and they'll go, wow, how, how is that revealed? But the Bible says tongues is not a, not a sign to the unbeliever. In fact, is if they come in, they'll think you're all nuts. Why? Because they won't understand what you're saying. I remember the first time I went to the Philippines. And I was sure somebody got up and gave a message in tongues, but it was in Tagalog. I didn't understand it, so to me, it was tongues. You know what I mean? It was in another language, and I asked my pastor about it after service, and he said, "No, that wasn't. That was somebody just giving an encouragement in Tagalog." You know, <laughs> so it's almost like, "Oh, it sounded like tongues to me." <laughs> Hallelujah. So, tongues is given for the church. It's not intended for the unbelievers. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 14, 23. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there comes in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? Amen. Amen. Well, that's what even many Protestant believers are saying already about us. You're out of your mind. Those passed away when the last apostle died. The operation of tongues and interpretation, or let's just say this, the operation of tongues is not prophetic. The operation of tongues is not prophetic. See, your heavenly language is communication to God. Right? But I don't understand it because it's another language. It's one way. God does not speak to you in a language you do not know. I mean, how bizarre would that be? Okay, I'm speaking to God in tongues. And nobody else can understand it. And there's God up there, and he speaks back to me in tongues. I'm like, right? Tongues is a gift given to the church to communicate to God, therefore, it's not prophetic. Because you don't get anything out of it. It's not exhorting you. It's not edifying you. And it's not bringing you any comfort. Amen? But God communicates to us, fortunately, in a way that we understand. And I know what you're thinking. Like I was talking about, back in Acts 2.6. Hey, 3,000 people came to Christ because they heard The apostles, they heard those in the upper room, they heard them speak in their own language. Let's go ahead and read it, Acts 2, 6. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. So that is the interpretation of other language. The tongues happened in the upper room. They were speaking in tongues. They had a a message in tongues. But the miracle was the interpretation in tongues when all these people from all over the world, from, from, from Greece and from Asia Minor and all these people speaking different language, heard them speak and glorify God in their own language. That was the interpretation of tongues because it was revealed to them in their own language. Peter may not have known how to speak whatever Chinese, Aramaic, or any of these other languages, but those people heard him speak it in that language. So it wasn't the tongue itself, because Peter didn't know how to speak Aramaic. And can you imagine? I mean, let's just say that, that, that there's 50 of us right here today, okay? Let's just say that there's 50 right here. If we all started praying really loud in tongues, do you think anybody sitting out in the lobby could even understand one thing that's being said in here? Imagine 120 people all speaking in tongues at one time, and yet all of them heard them speak in their own language. That was interpretation of tongues. That was a gift of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit revealed it. And because of that revelation, 3,000 came to the Lord, that one event. So the interpretation of tongues can be prophetic and should be prophetic. It should edify it should exhort and it should comfort. 1 Corinthians 14.2. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, right? but to God, for no one understands him. However, the Spirit speaks mysteries. So prophecy speaks to men from God. So when the prophetic's in operation, it's God speaking to us. But tongues speak to God from men. And then, so this is quite a a difference. And this is why it's a differential in in the gifts of the Spirit, why they operate differently. Prophetic is, is coming this way, tongues is going that way. Therefore, the interpretation would reveal communication regarding what a man's spirit is speaking by the Holy Spirit and communicating to God. The interpretation of tongues would, in effect, be New Testament Prophetic, edification, what does it mean? Remember, to improve someone's spiritual, moral, or intellectual abilities, capability, or life, right? Exhortation, to strongly encourage or urge someone. Comfort, ease or alleviate a person's distress, feelings of grief, or to console them. So go with me now to Acts 19.6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues. But what else happened? They interpreted it, because it says, and they prophesied. They spoke edification, exhortation, and comfort. So what Paul was saying is, in this instance, when the Holy Spirit was re- was uh, revealed to them when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they began to speak with tongues, but they also got the interpretation of it because they spoke with the prophetic. So let's talk about, and this is, this is a perfect New Testament example of what we see in the church today, where somebody will get up and they'll have a message in tongue and then they will have the interpretation of it. All the vocal gifts whether it's prophecy or whether it's interpretation of tongues, all confirm the word. That's why they're never used to manipulate, because the word will never manipulate, right? It'll never extort you. It'll exhort you. So, you know, when when we get the interpretation of tongues, it should be conforming with the word. It should edify you. It should comfort you. It should build you up. It should should be word-related. For those who are always chasing some new thing, I'm telling you, you're just going to end up messed up. Just stick with the word. Brother Hagin taught me that years ago. He said, chapter and verse. You leave all the other stuff alone. And you know what? It's been a good guide for my life. I've seen people, you know, I guess like this. That would be by, probably the graph of some of their lives, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down, because they're always chasing this thing and chasing that thing. You know, they're building things on bad seeds so it fails, and then they get, get in with some good things, and, and then all of a sudden some spiritual thing comes, and off they are again. Um, Stick with the word. Isaiah fifty five eleven says, So shall my word be that goes forth my mouth. It shall not return void. That means that it will always have some, some fruitfulness to it. It will never return void. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which it was sent. See, God's word, when you stick to God's word, it always prospers, every situation. And God only speaks his word. He said he revealed us his word. When Jesus said it was finished, it was finished. We had everything we needed. I mean, the first five books of the Bible give you very good guidance for life. They tell you how to live godly, they tell you how to eat godly, and they tell you how to prepare your family to do the same for many generations. 1 Corinthians 14, 13 and 14 says, Let him who speaks in tongue pray that he may interpret. Now, does that mean he has to be the one that does the interpretation? No, it doesn't. But it does, goes on in fourteen. It says, "For if I pray in tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful." But he shouldn't be. be there should be an interpreter around. So you should pray that, hey, I get not only the message of tongues, because that's the easy part. You know, I've been in a lot of churches where there's people who just they they love giving the the tongue part, right? Because that's the easy part, because nobody knows what they're saying, right? But they never seem to have the interpretation. But we're told to pray that we would have the interpretation, right? Because God wants to fully communicate with us. And I would imagine that they had the interpretation, but out of whatever, consciousness, pride, fear, whatever, whatever's working on it, they're, I don't want to get up I know there's been times when God has given me the interpretation. I've had other people come up and go, I had the exact same thing. It's just you got up before me. You know? I mean, God, God knows what, he's, what he is speaking. But the interpretation can come in many forms. Song, rhyme, talk, preach, written, etc. And it doesn't have to be in old English. Amen? You don't have to have a, You don't have to have your... Interpretation of the tongues being, you know, a 1400 King James version. God typically speaks to you. You know, I've never had God use theeth and thoueth when He's spoken to me. You know, but when you're a young Christian, you want to be spiritual, you know, and you may throw in a thee and a thou so people know that you're really connected with God. But I don't think He's ever used those words when He has spoken to me. Because He speaks to me like I speak to my wife. He just uses language, real language. It's like somebody, it I must have been about 30 years ago on TBN, they came on a real anointed person, and, and they were there with Paul Crouch, and, they said, and, he, and he says to Paul Crouch, he says, Let me pray, because I pray in Hebrew, and God only hears prayers that are in Hebrew. <laughs> really? Boy, am I in trouble. I know just a few Hebrew words, so <laughs> you know... But Paul, as gracious as he was, he just said, you know, go ahead and pray. But but God speaks to me and expects me to speak to him in a language of communication. Now, when the gifts do operate, they should be decently in order. God is not a God of confusion. Amen? In fact, as 1 Corinthians 14.40 says, Let all things be done decently and in order. And so... A good rule that I was taught, I'm not saying it's a a law, but the Bible does say, let every soul be subject to the governing authority. So one of the good rules that I, I learned is to always get permission from whoever's in authority for the ability to come up. Not to disrupt the service and to always wait for whoever's leading the service to let me know when they feel that it's appropriate or if it's appropriate. God's given them responsibility, and they, therefore, have accountability to God. Amen? And that shouldn't just be here. It should be anywhere you go. And you're in control. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You're in control. I've had some people say, well, it just had to come out. It just had to come out. The Holy Spirit, it just had to come out. No, you just wanted to be seen by people. wasn't the appropriate time. wasn't the appropriate place. You know, I remember, oh, man, I don't, I wish I would have looked this up before service. I remember, I, I believe it was uh, Norval Hayes. It was either Brother Hagen or Brother Copeland. And Brother Norval had a tongue, and he got up, and he probably spoke in tongues for five minutes. And we'll just say Brother Hagen got up and had an interpretation for about five minutes. But it wasn't done. Norval, Brother Norval had more. But before Brother Norville could get the mic back, the worship leader grabbed the mic and started, you know, singing, um, you know, let's lift Jesus higher, let's lift Jesus something, you know. I mean, we all want to lift Jesus higher, but the Lord's speaking to us. And he said that it was months later, when they were both at another meeting, that the Lord finished that tongue and interpretation. God is patient, you know, I mean, I know we live in this McDonald's lifestyle, but God is patient. And he will get out what he desires to get out. So do things decently and in order, amen? And then we'll judge everything that's spoken by the word. You know, I got a whole file full of, of uh, you know, the prophetic that has come forth in this church in my office. And I, I read them and, you know, I keep them. Some of them I'm like, you know, this doesn't speak to me right now, but some of them are like, yeah, this speaks to me. And I, and I keep those. I keep those because I'm always looking for what God has spoken to come to manifestation. Amen? The gift of prophecy is not greater than the interpretation of tongues. It's just different. They're all they're, they're the same. It's just the way God is, it, the Holy Spirit has decided, this is the way I'm going to reveal myself this time. This is why I'm going to reveal myself this time. And that's what's important. I want to know how the Holy Spirit's going to manifest Himself this time. And right now. Because what's important is His will. Not my glamour. You know, I'm not looking for five more likes on Facebook. Three more stars on whatever that other one is, Dex or whatever it is. I'm not looking for any of that. None of us should be. What we should be looking for is how do we please God? What should we do? When should we do it? See, I want to see people leave here better off than they came. I want to see people who turn in, leave when, when they get done listening and absorbing the word that they're better off than they were before they heard the message. I mean, how many of you have gone someplace and go, well, I'll never get those two hours of my life back? I mean, I went to a conference one time, big dollar conference. It was a business conference. And I kid you not, they could have just sent me the things on a jump drive because the person got up here and literally read everything that was on the PowerPoint slide. He would have saved me traveling to San, uh, San Diego, buying a hotel room and traveling all the way back. If you'd have sent me that thing on a jump drive, I could have read it myself. I don't want to leave people like that. I want people to leave better than they came. I want to leave better than I came. And the Holy Spirit needs to be involved for that to happen, because He's the one that touches hearts. He's the one that sent His word and healed their disease. He's the one that delivered us from all of our destruction. So it's got to be about Him. It's got to be about what my Father did. He sent His Word to heal their disease. He's the one that blesses my food and my water and took sickness away from the midst of me. He's the one that sent His Son like a lamb to, to, to not even open His mouth, but like a lamb before its shears. He's the one that took... My transgressions. He's the one that was wounded for my iniquities. He's the one who took the chastisement or my confusion away. He's the one that by his stripes I was healed. So I want him to have an opportunity to minister to everyone who hears my voice. I don't want to go home Sunday morning going, oh, I, I, did, I did my deal. I did, I did my obligation. I did this. No. I want... make a difference and the only way to make a lasting difference is if we allow the holy spirit to have his way you know this morning when we sang i surrender all that's what that's about it's it's about surrendering the the things that that as our that our flesh wants for the things that that god wants amen and so this morning is we dedicated this to, to healing service and I know when most people think about healing service, they think about the sick and, and the afflicted, but you know, there's people who are, who, who are sick relationally, there's people who are sick mentally, Those are, there are people who are sick financially. I mean, there's, sickness comes in many forms, but He came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. He heals every form of sickness that there is. And so if you need prayer this morning, I'm going to ask that you get up and come here and and let me agree with you. Actually, I'm going to to ask some of the elders to come also this morning. I just really feel led to do that and to agree with you. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how long it's been or, or, or any of that stuff. Because God is more than enough. And so if you need prayer this morning, I invite you to come and let us pray with you.
0: You have been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Witwam. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, according to Romans 10.9 your word says, if I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480 545 4321. That's 480-545-4321. Or by email at info at com, That's info at com, Or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona 85296.